Billy D hit me up like, Rojo, where you been? I said, I've been around, plotting, planning, overstanding. Fifth letter hit me up like, Rojo, when we gonna get another cast? I said, when it's ready, I'm cooking the beans, marinating the fish, got that pot simmering. I told him I'm frozen food, baby, just let me get hot. I could have watched him kill Ronnie Man from my mama's peephole. They out here killing my people. Rest in peace, Laquan McDonald. But we know Van Dyke will probably be alright. I'm feeling like Malcolm. Before he went to the east. I'm ready to cop myself a gun. And I ain't got no time to wait for release. This is the Rojo Show. Yes. Yes, the long-awaited episode 25. How's everybody doing? I'm 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 as good as can be expected, right? You feel what I'm saying? Um Got some topics as usual. It's nothing different. We're familiar, even though we may have been away for a little bit. I mean, what have I been doing? Should I explain? I'll explain a little bit. I mean, what what I've been doing? I've been living. I've been hustling. I've been taking lumps. I've been I've been paying dues. I've been getting it together. Um, like I said, I got that pot simmering. I'm frozen food, baby. Just let me get hot, you know. So I've been applying heat. I'm thawing out right now. I'm getting. I'm coming though, you know. Um, this is gonna be a a, a longer pack. I don't know about longer. I mean, we're gonna see what happens. I mean, sit down, strap in. Uh, I, but it's it's a, it's a couple things that I really need to like delicately long stroke, and I'm gonna take my time and do that, um, because uh, you deserve it, and um and it's and it's been a while since I've since I've uh, since I've touched it, so that's what we're gonna do. Um, I got a lot of stuff to go over. I got I got a little roadmap. Um, and it's not in any order of like the last month of things that have gone on, but um you know I gotta talk about my man Kobe. I gotta talk about the air mags that didn't release, um, and that leads to some some very uncomfortable shots of Michael J. Fox. Let's just talk about that now. Okay, so if you don't know what the Nike Air Mag is, the Nike Air Mag is the sneaker that Marty McFly wears in Back to the Future Part Two. Um, Back to the Future Part Two being one of the few sequels that's better than the first one. Keep that in your mind for any kind of trivia game, because that it will come up. Back to the Future is one of the few movies that's better than um, than the first one. Um, but you know, Marty comes into the future. Doc's got a whole kit for him, a whole outfit grid uh, mapped out for him of the flyest shit. And Nike has this Air Mag. Um, Google it if you want. It's on my Facebook page if you go back far enough. Um, power laces, lights in the bottom, all types of super fly shit. There was an original release of them, I believe, in 08. And they ended up getting auctioned off. And, like, Kid Cudi bought, like, four pairs. And they were, like, $10,000 each. Real, like, 
hype beast, rich motherfucking stuff. Like only only people with dough, like serious dough, got them or enough serious heat, like you know dead stock heat that they could probably trade for a pair. But I mean, you need like you need like original Yeezys or like you know maybe like a Ben collection or something like that. But anyway, so there was all this hype about them releasing on October twenty second. Which is, or is it the 29th? Whatever day Marty goes back to the future in the movie, the shoe was about, it was supposed to come out that day. And what they really ended up doing was just uh, discussing or uh, releasing or uh, letting everybody know that they were going to come out next year in 2016, which lets everybody that really knows about shoes know that they weren't ready. The power laces weren't ready. Something wasn't ready for them to be uh, mass produced, and that's why they didn't get out in time. But they didn't get out, and they had all this hype. Jimmy Kimmel had them on, uh, had Doc, and uh, had Christopher Lloyd and uh, Michael J. Fox on the show, um, and they did some kind of goofy reenactment of the show, or some kind of like you know, because the Cubs was in the playoffs and that was in the movie. Something else that was like super crazy, and um, and like the saddest part of it to me was all of these uncomfortable shots of Michael J. Fox suffering with Parkinson's and, like, seeing, like, how that shit has, like, affected his life. Because when you think of the movie, you think of him as this, like, young, vibrant, um, you know, explosive, you know, very personable, you know, dynamo. And then you see him now, and he's, like, doing this, you know, shaking shit, and, you know, he's looking, he's looking rough, and he was, you know, thank God those shoes have power laces because I can't see him, like, tying shoes. Like, it was really sad. As, as a Michael J. Fox fan, it was really, really sad to see. Speaking of Michael J. Fox, there's some movie I just found, uh, Big Lights, Bright Lights, Big City. And he's, like, doing blow in it and all types of, like, wild shit. Like, usually Michael J. Fox is, like, the clean-cut dude. And, I mean, he might, like, in Secret to My Success, like, he sleeps with his uncle's wife or whatever, but they was already on the rocks. And that's not that's not doing blow in the bathroom with a chick, like, and that's, like, 15 minutes into the movie. Like, I gotta, I gotta check this shit out. Maybe he's doing, like, heroin or something. Or, like, maybe he's on, like, some Will Smith shit, like, getting it in the butt. I just watched The Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, that wasn't like a real Will Smith reference in terms of him getting in the butt. That was a reference to Will Smith's first movie. Um, what was Will Smith's first movie? First movie. Not where the day takes you. Not that. Uh, six degrees of separation. That's it. He does play... Uh, Anyway, check out the movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, so the Air Mags didn't come out, and it's really sad to see Michael J. Fox shaking and doing all this other stuff. When you, I mean, when you think about the shoe, you think about the movie, and he is so not what he was in the movie. Totally different guy. Check that topic off the list. I really like Michael J. Fox, though. It's my dude. Teen Wolf? Get out of here. Um, just to jump around, so that's the Air Max and that. Um, do I want to talk about the Tyshawn McDonald's police? Uh, the Tyshawn. What the hell? Laquan McDonald. Tyshawn is the boy that uh, got executed. Laquan McDonald is the one who, in the re police report. So, right. So, the police report finally came out. 
after we knew after they paid the family all that year like a year ago five million dollars because they knew they was wrong they released the video finally because they know they was wrong they released the audio which makes them even more wrong now they're releasing the um the police department's report oh my god i want to know who wrote the report the report has such inflammatory language as Laquan raised the knife above his shoulder and brought it down across his chest in a stabbing motion. All this other continued bullshit about Officer Van Dyke's life being in, threatened and endangered. Stuff that obviously didn't happen on the tape. Listen, we need to be less concerned with Rahm Emanuel's job, although I know that that is a concern and I know that people want to feel like they've accomplished something by getting him out. I know that that is something that we want. What we really need to be worried about are these police officers that are covering each other's asses whenever anything happens, okay? Because there are countless other uh, more atrocious and less atrocious events that have happened that the police can cover up and paint pictures of to not be true. Like, think about all the dudes, think about all the dudes who weren't with a knife and didn't get killed but they did end up going to jail for some time because the police officers can paint this picture of what happened they all can collaborate and kind of like freestyle and make up shit and they all will cooperate each other's stories and it doesn't come down to a murder case it can come down to a drug case we all gonna say he had grams on him we all gonna say he found we you know he had eight rocks in his pocket we all going to say he had an ounce when he only had three grams. We're going to say all of them had the weed. We're going to weigh, we not only going to weigh the weed, but we're going to weigh the weed, the bag, and the pipe and call that how much he had. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like when you all can lie for each other, there's so much bigger shit that there's so much small shit that y'all can affect. This Rom 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 needs to go. I don't know if Rom needs to, and people are gonna find this point possibly wrong, and I'm sure I'm gonna hear it from Will, and I appreciate it. Here, let me have it. But Rom's job is way more about what he let happen and what he allowed to happen than what he actually probably took part in. And I know getting Rom's job would be way more symbolic. I mean, I don't I don't know a good mayor. So I know a lot of people will say we shouldn't have voted for him, but I don't know no good mayors. Show me a good mayor. And maybe it's just me being from Chicago and having the line of dailies who are obviously on bullshit. We had Harold Washington, but we all know he killed us. Well, some people say he was assassinated. My dad, my dad, my dad says Harold Washington was assassinated while my mom and sister talk about how he was at Army and Lose every day. Army and Lou's is a Chicago uh, soul food restaurant that I believe was Harold Washington's favorite or some shit. But um, he definitely wasn't a healthy man. I mean, you know, Rom is healthy because he's a snake and he has cold blood. So he's got that lizard thing going for him. But, yo, that is the more that's what we need to be really worried about. I mean, I listened to Rom's speech yesterday. It was 30 minutes. I, 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 I definitely listened to the first 18 minutes and the rest of it I just kind of skimmed through because I saw what he was doing. What he was doing was he was giving the illusion of him falling on a sword. That's what uh, the coach for the Jets does real good. Not He's not the current coach for the Jets, but he, he coaches for the Bills now. 
Rex Ryan. That's what Rex Ryan used to do real good with uh, when he played when he was with the Jets and he played the Patriots. When they lost, he he immediately came out there. Listen, we played like crap. We deserved to get our asses kicked. All right, they were the better team. All right, I got out coached. Uh, you know, Bill's a hell of a coach and Tom Brady's a hell of a quarterback. We just got outplayed. We got out strategized. We got outplayed. We got out hustled. And what can you do to a guy? How can you hate a guy that does that, that is so honest about his faults and so self-deprecating? The fact of the matter with Rahm is that we know he's a snake, okay? And when we know you're a snake, you can't, like, there are no redeem. A snake has no redeeming qualities. And he's trying to, you know, rest on these redeeming qualities that normal people would have. But he's he's a he's a victim of what made him quote unquote good is the same thing that makes him bad i mean i personally and i'll admit i voted for Rahm in his first term but i mean what are other what are really other good candidates i mean that willie william jerk off came to my came to my church and oh my god I mean, let's not get into the black church and politics because white churches and politicians don't even talk damn near. But white politics, but black politicians and black churches, for some reason, there's like this heavy connection when that's not what we need. We don't need reverends running for politics because we need you to have there needs to be an element of shadiness and, and do what needs to be done. In my opinion, I could be wrong. But I, I just think that's like that's just like you don't want a it's just like lawyers. Do you want like the the most honest, most forthright lawyer, or do you want a lawyer with a little bit of a bend to him? You know, I'm like, yeah, let's try to make this work a little bit. It. Some people might say that's still gonna come back and bite you in the ass, but I just I just feel like the, there are certain professions that allow a certain amount of malicio. Uh, to to the strategy and to to making them good, um, but like I was saying, so so Ram was trying to paint this picture of him falling on his sword and him admitting some kind of guilt, but then he direct he immediately directed it and deflected all the attention to you know retraining police and this new culture and he he even took it to you know back to the dinner table like you know y'all need to be training y'all kids not to be you know loving guns which really hit home to me because as I was walking out of my mom's apartment today, I was walking down the stairs. And as I said in my intro, I can stand on her porch and see where Ron, uh, Ron Johnson got shot. Like in that police video, he drives past my mom's car <laughs> like real shit. So I'm walking out and I look and these two little boys are walking to school and the little boy turns around and like fake. He has something in his hands that's like a fake gun, which is already unsafe because, nigga, that makes you that makes you a target by police and they will get away with it. I don't want to go off on another tangent, but we need to stop thinking about police officers really doing a hard time. I'd love to see it. I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see it. At any rate, the little boy turns and like points this like artificial gun at me and like takes me out. And like everything in me wanted to like run up on him and trip him and step on his chest and say, "Nigga, you could be dead right now." And not because of me, but because of the police. And why are you trying to shoot people? Why is pointing a gun this like thing that you that you um 
that you are interested in doing? How does that come up? Where is that trained? Where is that learned? I mean, that is like racism. Just like racism is taught early, like that dumb shit is taught early. And I, I don't, I don't even know what it's called. Is it? Is it, it, it I, maybe it is just a gun culture. Maybe it's like a tough culture. Or like, I, it, it's definitely a gang culture, for sure. I mean, I know, I know the area. I know it's popping. I mean, niggas, is, guns and guns and gangs go hand in hand. But I don't know. It's very disturbing. But again, I didn't think that was. I, I didn't think that should have been the focus of Rom's speech. I mean, it, it's. By most accounts, it should have included some kind of resignation, right? Right. Moving on. Rhyme ain't even on my list. That was just the the police uh, the police report shit, right? On that note, um, sorry, mom, but fuck the Chicago Sun Times. If you didn't get a chance to check out their reporting of the peaceful protests downtown. They called it all types of wild shit. I put it on my Facebook page. Chicago I'm not going to be able to just Google that, but I don't know. The picture of the protest was like one of very few scuffles that occurred in front of um, in front of Water Tower Place. Mind you, the protests were very successful. I mean, all those stores in Water Tower were down. Michigan Avenue sales were down like 51% of some wild shit. So it, it definitely affected things. But it was, for the most part, peaceful. And the Chicago Sun-Times, out of all the pictures, I mean, we know they're going to use shitty pictures. But out of all the pictures they used to portray the event, that was the one they used. Ugh. Black leaders meet with Donald Trump. I am so glad that he has been eliminated from... Has he officially been eliminated? Like, did they really do that? Can they do that? Is that constitutional? I don't care if it's constitutional. There's plenty of unconstitutional stuff we do anyway. But that shit about him uh, wanting to block Muslims from coming into the country, that is definitely like some old time like, like what if you're what if you look Middle Eastern but you're not Muslim? Does he give is is he giving the TSA that kind of leeway? The TSA, the 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 niggas that drive Monte Carlos and um and Altimas? Not that cars define you. That's probably only a joke Emmanuel's going to laugh at. But um, come on, man. TSA agents, they don't get paid enough, and they don't get enough training to do what they do now. How are they going to try to judge a Muslim? Come on. That's like some old-time, like, Star of David type shit. Like, we got to start identifying ourselves culturally and probably economically if he comes into power. I hope he's really out of the race, but that just it, it again it puts you in this box, or it, it it's like leading you. It's like that focus movie with uh with Will Smith. They keep showing us the number fifty five, but I feel like they're taking him out because he had all this momentum going, and then I was like, now we're gonna be super focused on who takes the momentum from him, and then that will probably be and and whoever responds to him the best or her. 
whatever the fuck, that will be like the next person that we're really looking at or that we're really focusing on. I don't know. All that political shit is shaky. And it's not from watching, uh, it's not from watching, uh, what's that show? Scandal. But see, the thing with black, the term black leaders is that usually those are um, those are religious leaders. And the issue with religious leaders and don't take this the wrong way. Religious leaders and religious followers and followers of religious leaders, not followers of religions, but followers of religious leaders. It may not be all of them, but there is a large percentage of them that are very interested in the monetary gains of having control of that many women. Why do I say women? Because outside of people that are, you know, like appointed to positions in the church, and by that I mean like deacons and elders and trustees and that type of shit, the majority of the audience is female. And I, I can't tell you why I'm, I, I, I could speculate. I'm not going to right now because this is not going to be the religious episode. OK, this is not the religious episode, but they there are lots of women that pander to or or religious leaders pander mainly to women. <clears throat> and because they mainly control the economic structure of the black of the black community i mean they work more than the men thus having more income and more control of the money and economic status than the man so if you can find a way to speak to lots of women on a large scale that could and and convince them to donate a certain amount of money to you or a cause that you're over or a institution that you support and are some kind of uh, arm or leg to, then you have a fairly large revenue stream. I think that's why preachers are often compared to pimps. I mean, I don't I don't want to say that. I mean, I go to church and, you know, I definitely subscribe to a religion, but I try to separate the message from the messenger as much as possible. As much as possible. And then, you know, because sometimes you feel like some are different than others, which some could be, but you just tend to take a general approach and just. You know, again, try to separate the message from the messenger. That's that's the best way because I'm not getting into this right now. But I, I've always felt that black leaders and black religious leaders should be separate. They should work together, but they should be separate just because there should I don't know. There should be a separation of intentions. And um, and and integrity in some way, a separation of the levels of integrity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, religious leaders should be more like Batman, you know, and 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 uh, no, no. Black leaders should be more like Batman and religious leaders should be more like, you know. Um, Lucius, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not I'm only going to help you with this to a certain extent, 
But other than that, I can't be a part of it. You know? Maybe Alfred. I don't know. I got a lot of comparisons and shit. Just wait till later. Um, what else was I gonna say about um Do we wanna talk about Thanksgiving? How is everybody's Thanksgiving? I know this is like late as fuck. But um Thanksgiving was a thing and it did pass. Mine was funny. Um I didn't get my plate made. That's all I'm gonna say about that. But um it was good. I I posted a video because my mom had some. My mom got a personal uh, a personal plate of chitterlings, chitterlings from, and uh, she was just really excited about them. And you know, I posted this video of chitlins getting cleaned on my Facebook page, and not because. She's like, I don't eat pork, and my mom always makes fun of me because she thinks that if you don't eat pork, then you should be skinny. But there's, it's not like I'm a, I don't eat bread. <laughs> if I didn't eat bread, I'd probably be skinny. I like bread a lot though. <coughs> but um, so she got some chitlins, and uh, I I posted a video of them getting cleaned on my Facebook page, and it is a disgusting process. I'm not hating on anybody that eats them. Go for it. I don't. I won't. I I don't think I ever have. But, um, ugh. It's a whole, like, factory machine type of situation. And, like, the guts and entrails come down on, like, this slide that they keep hosing off. And, like, they cut the, because, you know, chitlins are intestines. So, they cut the intestines from, like, the stomach and, like, the sacs and, like, all this other, like, body type shit. And then they dip it in some water and they throw it over into this trough. And then these ladies come and they take the tube of the intestine and they, like, push it down on this, like, big, ho- uh, this, like, big tube. It's like a big metal tube. And I guess that like gets like some of the shit out. Because I think it like squirts in with water. It's like a tube that has water squirting out of it. And then they pull the intestine, the, the, the chitterling over it. And then the water squirts into it. And I guess kind of like washes it out, washes out the poop. Because when you see it, when they put it on there, there are obvious balls of shit in there. Ugh. Oh, my God. This is disgusting. Ugh. And they get it on there. And then when it's good and clean, I think they squirt some water in there. And then some more poop comes out. And then they pull it off of the big pole. And you got a good chitlin. Ugh. What else? Is that it? I think that's it. That's all they show. Yeah, and then at the end, they show just the... Uh, I can't watch this shit right now. They just show the rest of, like, the shit that comes out of it just, like, pouring down this drain. Disgusting. But people like it. And and my cousin, you know, I posted it, and I don't want to say this for sure, but I'm... I think I am 80% positive that when I post shit about not eating 
nigger shit. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what would, like, traditionally be considered, like, you know, like, some, like, heavy southern, like, nigger food. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm just going to call it that. Fuck it. But, like, you know, if I if I post something about not eating pig feet or not eating chitlins, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's that's because from Chicago, you know, that's, you know, you know, he righteous. It's like, it's not that. If I wasn't righteous, I still don't think I would eat it. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like when you know better, you do better. That shit is not healthy. Um, and I, Anthony Bourdain pissed me off because I usually fucks with Anthony Bourdain heavy. But he was doing some show. I forget where it was, but somehow they got onto like onto like black cuisine and like black like culturally black food. And he had some like white white dude talking about how black people sacrifice their culinary history for. Um, cultural insensi- cultural sensitivities And I thought about that And it's true to a certain extent Like part of the reason why we may hate Some of our um, Some of our quote unquote Traditional dishes Some of it does come with thoughts of like That's what we ate when we were slaves Or that's what we were fed when we were slaves but like those were the un, that was those were undesirable pieces of food that you realize that they we were eating pig intestines we were eating pig feet and the pig itself wasn't a well thought of animal period i mean to begin with so the fact that we're eating the leftover parts of that pardon me if there is some uh cultural uh, sensitivities there like what the fuck Name another culture where their main dishes not are not not that they're made from um, like bare bones things. Because, I, I mean, every culture has like, you know, um, like uh, Ethiopians have fufu or, you know, uh, Mexicans have, you know, bean rice and beans, which is really nothing. Rice and beans and they made tortilla shells from like slamming the corn together. Like every culture has these dishes that are traditionally that were traditionally made in a time of hunger or in a time of of less. You know what I'm saying? Like Mexicans had that soup that has like everything in it. And like, um, what is that shit called? I'm way I'm way too Mexican not to know what that shit is called. They be having tongue in it and shit. Um, not. Uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Pedro and Alex and Mike are, are kicking me in the ass right now. What the fuck? Uh, oh, this is terrible. It's the red. It's like the heavy red soup, and they be having like all types of shit in it. Uh, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, every culture has the that. I mean, that's originally what gumbo was. It's just a, an amalgamation of food and resources that were available. That's what pierogies are. Pierogies are, pierogies aren't awesome. Your, when your grandmother asked you to make those, they, those aren't things that they ate when they were happy. Those are things they made because they didn't have anything. But now those, those are those are meals that were made with love, and those are ma- meals that were made with care and comfort. And and in old age or old later on, you go back to that, um, and you feel nostalgic about it, and it reminds you of a time, and it reminds you of who made it, and and, and the history and whatnot. 
But pig feet don't do that. <laughs> For me, I'm sorry. Pig feet don't do that. Chitlins don't do that. Ham hocks and all that, all those weird pieces of meat, that shit don't do that. Uh, neck bones to a certain extent. I, I, I've, I, when I did eat pork, I was a neck bone fan with the with the white potatoes and the hot sauce. I got down. But I don't, I don't not eat that stuff because I'm stuck up about it. I don't eat it because it's not healthy. Now I love fried chicken. I love you know cornbread. I love greens. You know, I, of course I do like a little turkey. You know, a little turkey spin on it. But you know. I, Black eyed peas, you know, yams, you know what I'm saying? You, there are, there are macaroni and cheese. Like there are culturally, there are black culturally significant meals and dishes in black culture that don't have to be this like chitlin thing. Like, I feel like chitlins is just something that number one, ignorant white people and, you know, niggas just go to off the fly just automatically. But other than that, my um my Thanksgiving was good. The, my kale salad was a hit. And that's all I'll say about that. Um The Fall of Ronda Rousey. Whew. Now, listen, let me talk about shit. Hold up. I gotta talk about shit. I gotta talk about shit because I've been saying it from the beginning. Don't crown it. I've been saying it from the beginning. Everybody said I was hating I was the bad guy Listen Ronda Rousey As soon as that bell ring I knew it was going wrong I knew it wasn't looking good I knew it wasn't I knew her time was up Holly Holmes came in there With, with tactics she came in there with experience. She came in there with skills. She wasn't one of these new booties. She wasn't going to rush her. She wasn't going to put herself in a bad position. Holly Holmes came out and whooped Ronda Rousey's ass from start to finish. And I don't feel comfortable talking about a woman getting her ass whooped like this. But this is the sport of women's MMA. And this is just me giving an accurate account of what happened. When she got kicked in the back of the head. I said, God damn. Ronda Rousey was outboxed, outclassed, outworked, outhustled. She didn't have a chance. There wasn't one minute of that fight where she looked like she was going to win. And I told you. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm not here to say I told you so. But we all knew that once she came up against a viable striker, she was going to get her ass whooped. And a lot of people say she was focused on the wrong shit. Too many movies. Too many commercials. Too much shit talking. She predicted her own demise on Jimmy Kimmel. 
and I know all of this is old, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really just doing this for the fans that know that I've been talking about this Ronda Rousey shit, and I knew this shit was going to happen, and I knew she was overhyping herself, and I knew the, 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 uh, the, the UFC was just way too excited to have a, a female superstar, and she got that ass whooped. She lost focus. She lost focus. But it's okay. Because she'll get another fight. I don't know how much of a, a better boxer she'll be. Because she shouldn't get a rematch with Holly Holm right away. Because that was way too much of a convincing win. If they had to went to the fifth round and it went to decision, maybe. But for her to get knocked out, you got to go to the end of the line, baby. I need you, hey, hey, you, you, you can get in, but you, I need, I need you to go to the end of the line, baby. We're not doing eyebrows today. We're not, we're not doing eyebrows today. Ronda Rousey, get out of here. Speaking of a real athlete, a real sports icon, the retirement of Kobe Bryant, devastating, heartbreaking, the definite end of an era. Kobe Bryant is probably the last basketball player that will not mind being good to a fault. Kobe Bryant is probably the last basketball player that will be comfortable being hated. Without having to take on some like weird villainous persona like uh, LeBron did in, in Cleveland. Kobe is just, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do what I feel I need to do to win, and I don't care what anybody else thinks, even to a fault. Um, Kobe Bryant is one of the only players that has not only transcended a generation, but has crossed generations. Kobe Bryant's been in the basketball in the NBA for 20 years. Kobe was drafted in 96. Kobe Bryant draft. Kobe Bryant, like Michael Jordan, was drafted to the Charlotte Hornets in 1996. Now, Kobe is a part of an amazing draft class. Kobe Bryant draft class. An amazing draft class. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure every person in this draft. Let's hold on. Let's look at the big picture. Okay. Drafted with Kobe. Hold on. Kobe Bryant was drafted with Allen Iverson. This is in order. Allen Iverson, Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stephon Mulberry, Ray Allen, Antoine Walker, uh, Kerry Kittle, Samaki Walker, Eric Dampier, uh, Peja Stojakovic, Stephen Nash, Jermaine O'Neal. I'm, I'm trying to only pick out the, uh, the All-Stars. Zajunas Ogowskis. Derek Fisher, 
Travis Knight. That's the first round. Anybody in the second round that stood out? Turning to be a beast. Malik Rose. <laughs> uh, no. Drew Barry, who I guess is the not good Barry brother. Out of that, he's he got drafted with at least five other Hall of Famers. At least. Allen Iverson's a Hall of Famer. Ray Allen's a Hall of Famer. Steve Nash is a Hall of Famer. Um, Antoine Walker, Hall of Famer? Maybe. Steve Nash, did I say Steve Nash? I don't know. Crazy draft class, obviously. Well, I guess he played with all of them too. I guess he well, I guess he didn't play well. Cause the the argument that I heard was that Kobe Bryant is one of the only players that's cross generations. So like he played with Michael Jordan and he's played with LeBron. Ray Allen has played with Michael Jordan and LeBron too. So that throws that stat right out of the window. Um I guess he's the only one. I mean, yeah, I guess he's the only one that's been in the league that long. Well, Allen Iverson played against him because Allen Iverson played with, um, he played with fucking, he was on the, the Nuggets with Melo for a couple years. Get that stat out of here. Whoever gave you that stat, get it out of here. Venegas, get that stat out of here. Three players that played with him. Shaq played with, look, come on, stop it. Anyway. So, yeah, um, but anyway, so I'm talking to Will and me and Will got on this thing. Uh, we were talking about Kobe retiring, how, you know, basketball is pretty much over. And we was like, man, we finna stop watching current basketball games. We're only going to be watching old games, classic games, Bulls versus Supersonics, um, you know, Bulls versus uh, the Pistons, um, you know, uh, the Lakers and uh, uh, Lakers in Portland. Like old school, old school games, right? So then we was like, wait, are these basketball players like rappers? Like, is this finna be like, is this finna be like 90s rap and 90s hip hop? So then I started trying to compare some basketball players to some to some hip hop groups. Let's just see what I got. So it was a couple no brainers. So I feel like Jay Z and Nas is Mike and Isaiah. Okay, Nas is Jay-Z's biggest nemesis. Isaiah is Mike's biggest nemesis. You need somebody that won. Uh, Isaiah had his foot on, Isaiah had his foot on MJ's throat for a couple years. And Nas was popping way before Jay started popping. Like, let's just keep it real. That shit was in 94. He was eating. Everybody was saying his name. <clears throat> Gary Payton is Chris, is, uh, is Gary Payton is Keith Murray. Rasheed Wallace is busting rhymes. Rasheed Wallace is busting rhymes because he's wild. He got that dungeon dragon in him. But at the same time, he can step back and shoot that three and do that joint with Mariah and do that joint with, you know, uh, uh, Janet Jackson and smooth it out. Now, Bill Russell, that's that's like not the 90s. So never mind. Um, Vince Carter is fabulous. Fabulous is really not in the 90s. It's probably like late 90s. I'm pushing it. I couldn't think of a biggie. I'd like to say Tupac was Anthony Hardaway. Tupac was Anthony Hardaway. 
I guess we can give Biggie to Grant Hill or Lynn Bias. Oh, Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias was supposed to be a beast. Biggie was supposed to be a beast. <coughs> I think that's a better comparison because Anthony Hardaway has a way more, has a way larger body of work. Well, no. Well, compared to Lynn Bias, yeah. Biggie is Lynn Bias, for sure. Gone too soon. Only dropped two, two, one album while he was alive. Worked on one, died right before it came out. That's a good list. And again, if you have any thoughts on this, hit me up at the Rojo Show uh, at gmail.com. Um, throw your hat into this conversation. I hit up Lamont. He had some good points. Uh, he definitely helped solidify that Isaiah comp- uh, that Isaiah point. But at one point, at some point in the conversation, we just started talking about sports, and uh, the whole premise just went out the window. Uh, Brian hit me up with some quick information, but get that stat out of here. Uh, <coughs> so yeah, Kobe, we gonna miss you, bro. Ain't nobody. I don't. I mean, st- this is this is the this is the conversation that me and Lamont got off on. So we got to talking about Steph Curry and how amazing his shooting game is. Nobody's scoring like Steph Curry. He's killing it. He takes a lot of shots, though. He makes them, but he takes a lot of shots. My contention was that if Steph Curry was, number one, I said if he was dark-skinned. If Steph Curry was dark-skinned, he'd be selfish. He'd be Cam Newton. Because Steph Curry doesn't necessarily dance when he celebrates, but, you know, he does the kiss up to his mom thing, which can be equally as annoying, right? Like, I know people that have an issue with that. I'm not saying I do. I don't give a shit. Um, But then I took it further, and I was like, okay, well, if he was the exact opposite of Steph Curry, everybody would hate him, even if he was still successful. And my, my example there was Allen Iverson, because... Allen Iverson probably didn't shoot. I know he didn't shoot as high of a percentage as Steph Curry. But um, he definitely scored as many points. Like, there'd be a lot of, but he's, he wasn't winning. Like there was a lot of nights where AI would have 35 and they'd lose by 12. It's just like, how does that happen? But the only other good player he had was Eric Snow. So, I mean, what was he really supposed to do? I mean, he had Matumbo for a little bit, but that really just helps you on offense. That, I mean, on defense, that don't help you on offense. It's not like he was like a, a, a passing big man. Now like he had like a smooth jumper, like, like you know, Pat, like Hakeem. Hakeem. But, uh, again, and I don't, I don't really dwell on the light skin, dark skin thing, but I do think that, uh, again, this is the age of the palatable light skin nigga. This is like he's 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 black, but not as dark. He's white, but not as white. He's the mellow yellow nigga. And it just works out. Drake, uh, the new dude on the Daily Show, uh, the new dude on the Nightly Show, Steph Curry. It's like the it's not the same as the light skin, dark skin, like 90s, like R&B singer thing. This is about what is the most palatable to the masses. And if Steph Curry was dark-skinned, I just believe that he'd be labeled as selfish. He'd be labeled as 
uh, a, a ball hog, he'd be labeled as a gun. I don't know. That's just me, though. That's just me. Anyway, following around the Rousey. I haven't seen Chirac yet. I'm very disappointed in some of the responses I've heard to it. Um, I mean, Spike Lee's holding his own, but Chance Chance had a real stupid fucking response to it. I was really disappointed because, I, mean, I, I mean, Chance went to Jones and, I mean, I don't know. I want to respect his torch holding, but, like, that's, uh, come on, my G. Like he was talking about how it was a mockery and all this other shit. That just didn't. It just wasn't. Number one, it wasn't good, and number two, like that can't be the only. With all the shit that's going on in the city, like that can't be the only thing that you really be speaking out about. And then Spike Lee really just served him his face when he brought up the fact that Chance's dad is basically Rom's right hand man. Like I didn't know Chance's dad was Rom's chief of staff. And with all the bullshit, Rami Manuel was popping off and like with Chance supposed to be like this voice of like the young youth and the future and all this other shit. Like he's real silent about this shit. There's a helicopter going over my head right now. Intriguing. But yeah, like, I don't know. I'm I'm reserving my my thoughts to when I see it. But so far, I don't like the way people are coming at it, and I don't think they're doing it in a in a. I mean, like I said, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, "This is Liz Estrada." I mean, that's what's up. It's somewhat. It, it, it intrigued me. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'll check it out. I'll check it out though. Um, got a couple questions for the Rojo show. Am I gonna get into questions right now? Is it time for questions? Let me look at my list. Boop boop. Boop, 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 boop. K dot at the Riv. K dot at the Riv. It's a good show. It was at um <clears throat> the Kunta's live sessions. I worked it. It was decent. By work it, I mean so so I I I have some lighting and stage um experience from like college and like right after college and like high school and stuff like that so occasionally there are venues in chicago that i'll volunteer i don't volunteer because i get paid but that i'll you know make myself available to <clears throat> to work some build-ins and some uh some load-ins some loadouts do some light rigging do some uh you know run some lines do some cables it's 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 a good way to see a show for free and get a couple dollars <clears throat> so i did uh, i did uh the kendrick show kendrick's super short um, J Rock was there because J Rock opened for him. Uh, Ali was there. <clears throat> Punch. It was cool. I saw them all. Unfortunately, I didn't get to wear my TDE hat because I was uh, I was it, it was in storage. I couldn't get to it. But so I worked that show, and then the other day I worked a show for the 1975, and I'm pretty sure I was working with. A transgen transgendered man, a transgendered woman, a woman that was had turned into a man, whichever one that is. And I'm just gonna speak frankly about my experience. 
So hot button topic and I just want to share my experience and what we were doing. So load in and load out is exactly what it sounds like. You load in all of the stage uh, and electrical and lighting equipment. Um, for instance, Kendrick's show was like one truck. The 1975 show was two trucks. They had LED monitors. They had LED towers. They had you know special moving lights, all this crazy wild shit. So you um you can you load lots of heavy carts and and um and rigs on and off of a truck on a rolling ramp. And we I get there we everybody's introducing each other we're meeting each other while we're you know loading out the truck or whatever. <clears throat> Can't remember his name, but I immediately noticed that he had a really high voice and really small hands. <clears throat> Just an observation that you would make at any point. Head on a windbreaker. We start moving stuff. Blase, blase, blase. Everything's running cool. Takes off his jacket and has boobs. Now, let me clarify. Not like he had on a bra, but he had, like, sizable boobs out of a bra laying flat on, on his chest. And he had on, like, a kind of fitted, like, thermal type of thing, like a Henley, like a thermal Henley, like a waffle knit. And not that I like pay attention to like guys' bodies, but like I know the difference between a fat dude with titties and like real titties. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this guy had real titties. And like, uh, so like after I after I noticed that, I was just like interested. <laughs> it was just like, like I can't I can't compare it to anything because anything I compare it to, somebody's gonna take offense to. Like I can't be like it was like a car accident. Like you want to turn away, but you want to keep looking. No, it was like a three armed man. No, I, I I won't compare it to anything. I will just say it was one of those things where like you you look at it and you notice you kind of do that dog look where your, your head turns sideways. Like hmm. And then you just start to notice other things. So we're loading stuff on and off this ramp, right? This like rolling ramp from the back of this, uh, you know, whatever a big rig is, like whatever an 18 wheeler is, we're loading stuff on and off of the trailer. So he hops up to get this case because, you know, we had people rolling it from the back of the truck to the front of the truck. And then we had people rolling it down the ramp. Somebody says, okay, this is a heavy one. We need somebody. He hops up there, gets behind this thing. And when I tell you his life flashed before his eyes, <laughs> that thing has so much weight to it and was about to take him off his ass. And I hopped up on there and got behind it with him. And he was like, oh, thanks. No problem. <laughs> but from then on, I wouldn't lift anything with him and it had nothing to do with him being whatever. It had everything to do with not being able to trust him to handle the amount of weight. Now there were multiple people there that I didn't lift stuff with. Uh, it was him. Uh, it was this little Asian dude and this other little, this other white guy who they just, they don't finish lifts. If you're carrying something, with somebody, especially something that's very heavy, it's important that you put as much weight as the other person and strength into lifting it and that you finish it, okay? You can't put it up on the edge and then think that it's done. You got to keep both hands on it until that thing is completely set and completely flat. 
That's how. That's why people count. That's why people lift with their legs. That's why people. You, it needs to be one complete motion until it's done. And it just brings up this issue of like not being what you appear to be. And I know this is like a sensitive subject and this is touching. I know it's probably people like cringing, like, oh my God, I can't. But I'm just saying, if you go out and you say, I need some people, I need some, you, you, even if you just casually say, hey, I need some guys to help me carry some stuff. That implies a certain level of strength. Period. And if you can't handle that level of weight, then you can't volunteer for that shit. There were other girls there. There were no, I can't say other girls because he's not a girl. He's a man. There were girls there that were carrying stuff, that were helping push stuff for sure. But when you look, and this is just this may get slightly misogynistic. I don't think so. It's just when you look. It's just being honest. When you look at something that's heavy. And it's on wheels and somebody's about to grab it and a girl goes to grab it. You immediately st- you, you assess that situation and you say, OK, she may need help. But when you see a guy go and look at something and you assess, he should be OK with that. But when that guy doesn't have the strength of other guys or of, of normal guys, of naturally born guys of naturally physical guys. I don't know. I I can't say it in an, I can't, I don't know how to say it without making it disrespectful. So somebody's just going to have to feel disrespected. But if that guy doesn't have the strength of a normal guy or a regular guy or one out of 10 guys or, you know, five out of 10 guys, then he's going to need unnecessary. It's not going to be, you can't gauge it the same way. And you can't be, you can't feel as secure doing the same work. Lifting is, I don't know, lifting stuff is sensitive to me because I, I don't want to blow out my back. I don't want to blow out my knees. I've seen people lift shit the wrong way and it like totally fuck up their lives. And I can't risk any back injuries because I can't risk getting addicted to opiates. <clears throat> but I mean, in any situation, like, you know, you want to, you, I like working where there is an assumed level of competency and in physical activities, assumed competency is often judged by physical appearance. And I got tricked a couple times this weekend because I thought I was lifting something with a strong guy and I was lifting something with, a guy that is still very much built like a woman. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know. Questions for the Rojo show. Got a couple questions for the Rojo show. And for me in general, I guess. Question number one. I can't tell you who they come from because I want more people to write in. And I think, my listeners deserve a certain level level of anonymity. Do you like natural girls? Okay. Uh, what is a natural girl? You mean like girls with natural hair? Um, 
sure. Do I like them more than I like girls with weave? I don't I don't give myself a lot of chances to meet girls with weave cuz we generally don't we a lot of times aren't interested in the same things for the same reasons. For instance, like let's say and this is this is highly stereotypical but like um I maybe I don't really have an example of that. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, being, like, okay, so, like, natural, like, being natural and, like, being healthy are kind of close. Because, I mean, I guess natural girls are, it's assumed that natural girls are healthy. But I know I know a lot of, quote, unquote, natural girls. And I guess that's just, like, girls with natural hair that are, like, fat. And, like, you can't be fat and natural because, I mean, that assumes that you have some kind of uh awareness of your health and your body image and not 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 necessarily body image cuz that's such a fucking microaggressive term now but like knowledge of self knows that you know being overweight is not healthy so you would fix that shit right if you was like so natural or whatever whatever i don't know um i have natural girls i have i have natural hair so i tend to attract girls with natural hair but, like, I know a lot of na- girls with natural hair that are, like, fucking corny and, like, only hang out with white girls. And, like, you know, I don't know. I- I'm attracted to girls with, like, who are comfortable and aware of who they are. And, um, I don't know. There, There's multiple variables that, like, being, quote, unquote, natural just don't cover. I like a girl that makes me feel special. Ooh! I like a girl that uh, is, is uh, has a... Uh, a definite percentage of like spontane spontaneity and like freak in them. Hmm. I want a girl that I make feel some kind of way. I want it to burn, not like you know, not like vaginally, but I mean like you know, you know. I want it to burn. I don't really know what that means. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> uh, more questions. Um. trying to find it hold on hold on uh when you decided to do the show who was your target audience um i didn't really have a target audience if you listen to the first episode i tell you why i started the show because i've always wanted to do it and this is the only thing i feel like i've done for ten thousand hours and i'm really good at you know talking talking shit and i finally had the time my target audience um I don't know. Like, I want women to listen to the show, but I feel like it might be, like, it's too much medicine sometimes. Like, my man Patrice O'Neill say, like, you know, medicine's not supposed to taste good, and it don't, and it hurts going down, but it's good for you. <laughs> so sometimes I be giving that medicine. And that's just me, period. Like, I, I, I am not, I was talking to somebody else about this. Somebody felt comfortable enough to tell me this. They was like, yo, we was talking about you the other day. And uh, we was talking about how, you know, initially, like, you're a real asshole. <laughs> but once you get to know you, like, you're a real cool motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, but you got to you gotta go through the fire first. Like, I just, I, I, it's, not that, it's not that I don't like everybody. It's just that I don't feel like everybody takes the time to, like, really know how I feel and how I come across and how I mean shit. Like, I am... I'm a shit talker and you know, that's how everybody, that's how my uncle Reggie was. That's how my dad is. That's how my mom is. 
But if you ask us for something and you need help or it's time to be sincere, it's time to be serious, and it's time to be serious, and it's time to be sincere. But in the meantime, we're going to talk that shit. We're going to take these shots and we're going to be on some fun, you know, some funness and some, some life and some living. And we're going to keep it moving. I don't know. Do I have anything else? Not really. Those are some good questions, though, right? Those are some good questions. I'm glad people started finally asking questions. But any more questions, please feel free. Send them to uh, the Rojo Show at gmail.com. The Rojo Show at gmail.com. I'm your host, Rojo. 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 You know, Senor Rojo, the illest. Um, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Hit me up on iTunes. Hit me up on Stitcher. Hit me up on SoundCloud. Um, the Rojo Show, or no, no, no uh, at Shy Rojo on Instagram, and Rojo on uh, Twitter, and um, rest in peace, Laquan McDonald. Rest in peace, uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, we gotta stop this shit, y'all. And it starts with ourselves. And uh, we need to make sure we're getting at these police officers. Be safe out here, yo. I got pulled over the other day. Dickhead, dickhead cop. Bullshit, you know, with my insurance. I have insurance, but my insurance says some weird shit on it about, you know, it expires when I cancel it. And it's not, it don't have an expiration date and all this other shit. So I got to go to court on some dumbass shit when I have two forms of insurance, actually. And the cop just wasn't trying to hear me. So I could have easily, like, flipped out and been another nigga dead. Um, y'all would know that I'm more than that My mother would know that I'm more than that My family would know that I'm more than that But um, to the rest of the world I'd be another nigga killed in Chicago So uh, be safe Love yourselves Love each other while we here y'all Peace On this track first thing I wanna say Is that we eating over here Bally's Buffet Dollar menu too Screech around the drive through Roll the window down Now the restaurant get high too I'm a whale in this shit, check the talent I whale on you niggas, check my balance I'm a whale to you niggas, thirsty fuzz and goddess But I'm young and hungry too You do well to stand beside us or feel the wrath of a thousand titans Every day I rise, I feel more enlightened Yet less alive as time goes How can I make time slow? How can I make certain if I'm birth the season To the earth, the shit we do right now And make the future conditions worse Throw another wood, another glass of the I got a list of targets in my office. I link they main accomplices. I'm just gathering resources. I'll show you what an arsenal is. Like Thierry Henry. Gotta let them know I still got it. Hope they know I still got it. Hope they know all it takes is a spark. And I'll go where you don't wanna go. Wanna take makes you feel wanna get brave again. Is a massing in my veins, gotta blast away the castaway, even his soul slain, his brain needing to frag it, body needing repairing his aura out of disorder, his spirit needing a spot dead. Me and the cadre, oxymorons, rebel biddens, banging the best of shy day. We some smooth motherfucking operators, connecting flight lines, landing us on dark stages. All we see is their eyes, the windows to the soul. All they see is the body, God's image, I'm told. Don't mistake it for hubris. I was still a youth when talking to elders. I said the truth is, we don't know what the truth is. Subtracting all my distractions, admitting I made mistakes. I'm staying above water, surrounded by great lakes. But we just roll another wood, pull another glass of the henny. We about to get busy. But we just roll another wood, pull another glass of the.
Magazine. 